middle dot 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 keep clearly in mind your personal integrity and the duty you owe your country do not let yourself be deflected from a strict sense of justice by feelings of personal friendship if your own brother is your second and lieutenant and you find him unfit to hold his commission eliminate him if you don't your lack of moral courage may result in the loss of valuable lives if on the other hand you are called upon for a recommendation concerning a man whom for personal reasons be thoroughly dislike do not fail to do him full justice remember that your aim is the general good not the satisfaction of an individual grudge i am taking it for granted that you have physical courage i need not tell you how necessary that is courage is more than bravery bravery is fearlessness the absence of fear the merest dolt may be brave because he lacks the mentality to appreciate his danger he doesn't know enough to be afraid courage however is that firmness of spirit that moral backbone which while fully appreciating the danger involved nevertheless goes on with the undertaking bravery is physical courage is mental and moral you may be cold all over your hands may tremble your legs may quake your knees be ready to give way that is fear if nevertheless you go forward if in spite of this physical defection you continue to lead your men against the enemy you have courage the physical manifestations of fear will pass away you may never experience them but once they are the buck fever of the hunter who tries to shoot his first deer you must not give way to them a number of years ago while taking a course in demolitions the class of which i was a member was handling dynamite the instructor said regarding its manipulation i must caution you gentlemen to be careful in the use of these explosives one man has but one accident and so i would caution you if you give way to fear that will doubtless beset you in your first action if you show the white feather if you let your men go forward while you hunt a shell crater you will never again have the opportunity of leading those men use judgment in calling on your men for displays of physical courage or bravery don't ask any man to go where you would not go yourself if your common sense tells you that the place is too dangerous for you to venture into then it is too dangerous for him you know his life is as valuable to him as yours is to you occasionally some of your men must be exposed to danger which you cannot share a message must be taken across a fire swept zone you call for volunteers if your men know you and know that you are right you will never lack volunteers for they will know your heart is in your work that you are giving your country the best you have that you would willingly carry the message yourself if you could your example and enthusiasm will have inspired them and lastly if you aspire to leadership i would urge you to study men get under their skins and find out what is inside some men are quite different from what they appear to be on the surface determine the workings of their mind Much of General Robert E. Lee's success as a leader may be ascribed to his ability as a psychologist. He knew most of his opponents from West Point days, knew the workings of their minds, and he believed that they would do certain things under certain circumstances. In nearly every case, he was able to anticipate their movements and block the execution. You cannot know your opponent in this war in the same way, but you can know your own man. You can study each to determine wherein lies his strength and his weakness. which man can be relied upon to the last gasp and which cannot know your man know your business know yourself in all literature you will not find a better description of leadership than this apply it to yourself or to your business or to your profession or to the place where you are employed and you will observe how well it serves as your guide major box address is one that might well be delivered to every boy and girl who graduates in high school it might well be delivered to every college graduate It might well become the book of rules for every man who is placed in a position of leadership over other men, no matter in what calling, business or profession. 
In lesson 2 you learned the value of a definite chief aim. Let it be here emphasized that your aim must be active and not passive. A definite aim will never be anything else but a mere wish unless you become a person of initiative and aggressively and persistently pursue that aim until it has been fulfilled. You can get nowhere without persistence, a fact which cannot be too often repeated. The difference between persistence and lack of it is the same as the difference between wishing for a thing and positively determining to get it. To become a person of initiative you must form the habit of aggressively and persistently following the object of your definite chief aim until you acquire it, whether this requires one year or twenty years. You might as well have no definite chief aim as to have such an aim without continuous effort to achieve it. You are not making the most of this course if you do not take some step each day that brings you near a realization of your definite chief aim. Do not fool yourself, or permit yourself to be misled to believe that the object of your definite chief aim will matter, alive if you only wait. The materialization will come through your own determination, backed by your own carefully laid plans and your own initiative in putting those plans into action, or it will not come at all. One of the major requisites for leadership is the power of quick and firm decision. Analysis of more than 16,000 people disclosed the fact that leaders are always men of ready decision, even in matters of small importance, while the follower is never a person of quick decision. This is worth remembering. The follower, in whatever walk of life you find him, is a man who seldom knows what he wants. He vacillates, procrastinates, and actually refuses to reach a decision, even in matters of the smallest importance, unless a leader induces him to do so. To know that the majority of people cannot and will not reach decisions quickly, if at all, is of great help to the leader who knows what he wants and has a plan for getting it. Here it will be observed how closely allied are the two laws covered by lesson 2 in this lesson. The leader not only works with a definite chief AIM, but he has a very definite plan for attaining the object of that aim. It will be seen, also, that the law of self-confidence becomes an important part of the working equipment of the leader. The chief reason why the follower does not reach decisions is that he lacks the self-confidence to do so. Every leader makes use of the law of a definite purpose, the law of self-confidence and the law of initiative and leadership. And if he is an outstanding, successful leader he makes use, also, of the laws of imagination, enthusiasm, self-control, pleasing personality, accurate thinking, concentration, and tolerance. Without the combined use of all these laws no one may become a really great leader. A mission of a single one of these laws lessens the power of the leader proportionately. A salesman for the LaSalle Extension University called on a real estate dealer, in a small western town, for the purpose of trying to sell the real estate man a course in salesmanship and business management. When the salesman arrived at the prospective student's office he found the gentleman pecking out a letter by the two-finger method, on an antiquated typewriter. The salesman introduced himself, then proceeded to state his business and describe the course he had come to sell. The real estate man listened with apparent interest. After the sales talk had been completed the salesman hesitated, waiting for some signs of yes or no from his prospective client. Thinking that perhaps he had not made the sales talk quite strong enough, he briefly went over the merits of the course. No man may become an accurate thinker until he learns how to separate mere gossip and information from facts. He was selling, a second time. Still there was no response from the prospective student. The salesman then asked the direct question, you want this course, do you not? In a slow, drawling tone of voice, the real estate man replied. Well, I hardly know whether I do or not. No doubt he was telling the truth, because he was one of the millions of men who find it hard to reach decisions. Being an able judge of human nature the salesman then arose, put on his hat, placed his literature back in his briefcase and made ready to leave. 
Then he resorted to tactics which were somewhat drastic, and took the real estate man by surprise with this startling statement. I am going to take it upon myself to say something to you that you will not like, but it may be of help to you. Take a look at this office in which you work when the floor is dirty, the walls are dusty, the typewriter you are using looks as if it might be the one Mr. Noah used in the ark during the big flood, your pants are bagged at the knees, your collar is dirty, your face is unshaved, and you have a look in your eyes that tells me you are defeated. Please go ahead and get mad, that's just what I want you to do, because it may shock you into doing some thinking that will be helpful to you and to those who are dependent upon you. I can see, in my imagination, the home in which you live. Several little children, none too well dressed, and perhaps none too well fed, a mother, whose dress is three seasons out of style, whose eyes carry the same look of defeat that yours do. This little woman whom you married has stuck by you but you have not made good in life as she had hoped, when you were first married, that you would. Please remember that I am not now talking to a prospective student, because I would not sell you this course at this particular moment if you offered to pay cash in advance, because if I did you would not have the initiative to complete it, and we want no failures on our student list. The talk I am now giving you will make it impossible, perhaps, for me ever to sell you anything, but it is going to do something for you that has never been done before, providing it makes you think. Now, I will tell you in a very few words exactly why you are defeated, why you are pecking out letters on an old typewriter, in an old dirty office, in a little town, it is because you do not have the power to reach a decision. All your life you have been forming the habit of dodging the responsibility of reaching decisions, until you have come, now, to where it is well nigh impossible for you to do so. If you had told me that you wanted the course, or that you did not want it, I could have sympathized with you, because I would have known that lack of funds was what caused you to hesitate, but what did you say? Why, you admitted you did not know whether you wanted it or not. If you will think over what I have said I am sure you will acknowledge that it has become a habit with you to dodge the responsibility of reaching clear-cut decisions on practically all matters that affect you. The real estate man sat glued in his chair, with his underjaw dropped, his eyes bulged in astonishment, but he made no attempt to answer the biting indictment. The salesman said goodbye and started for the door. After he had closed the door behind him he again opened it, walked back in, with a smile on his face, took his seat in front of the astonished real estate man, and explained his conduct in this way. I do not blame you at all if you feel hurt at my remarks. In fact I sort of hope that you have been offended, but now let me say this, man to man, that I think you have intelligence and I am sure you have ability, but you have fallen into a habit that has whipped you. No man is ever down and out until he is under the sod. You may be temporarily down, but you can get up again, and I am just sportsman enough to give you my hand and offer you a lift, if you will accept my apologies for what I have said. You do not belong in this town. You would starve to death in the real estate business in this place, even if you were a leader in your field. Get yourself a new suit of clothes, even if you have to borrow the money with which to do it, then go over to St. Louis with me and I will introduce you to a real estate man who will give you a chance to earn some money and at the same time teach you some of the important things about this line of work that you can capitalize later on. If you haven't enough credit to get the clothes you need I will stand good for you at a store in St. Louis where I have a charge account. I am in earnest. And my offer to help you is based upon the highest motive that can actuate a human being. I am successful in my own field, but I have not always been so. I went through just what you are now going through, but, the important thing is that I went through IT, and got it over with, just as you are going to do if you will follow my advice. Will you come with me? The real estate man started to arise, but his legs wobbled and he sank back into his chair. Despite the fact that he was a great big fellow, with rather pronounced manly qualities, known as the He-Man type, his emotions got the better of him and he actually wept.
he made a second attempt and got on his feet, shook hands with the salesman, thanked him for his kindness, and said he was going to follow the advice, but he would do so in his own way. Calling for an application blank he signed for the course on salesmanship and business management, made the first payment in nickels and dimes, and told the salesman he would hear from him again. Three years later this real estate man had an organization of 60 salesmen, and one of the most successful real estate businesses in the city of St. Louis. The author of this course, who was advertising manager of the LaSalle Extension University at the time this incident happened, has been in this real estate man's office many times and has observed him over a period of more than 15 years. He is an entirely different man from the person interviewed by the LaSalle salesman over 15 years ago, and the thing that made him different is the same that will make you different, it is the power of decision which is so essential to leadership. This real estate man is now a leader in the real estate field. He is directing the efforts of other salesmen and helping them to become more efficient. This one change in his philosophy has turned temporary defeat into success. Every new salesman who goes to work for this man is called into his private office, before he is employed, and told the story of his own transformation, word for word just as it occurred when the LaSalle salesman first met him in his shabby little real estate office. Greater than mastery of the 15 laws of. Greater than. Greater than success. Greater than. Greater than equivalent. Greater than. Greater than insurance. Greater than. Greater than is. Greater than. Greater than the event policy. Greater than. Greater than against failure. Greater than. Greater than. Greater than. Greater than Samuel Gompers.